0: It's the best Kiwi event in New Zealand, this. Crossing New Zealand in one or two days.
1: Why do I do it? Because I love it. Three, two, one.
2: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Kathmandu Coast to Coast podcast, brought to you, of course, by Team CP, your endurance coaching specialist. I'm Angus Petrie. Alongside me is uh, the one and only Richard Greer. And Rich, our job, mate, our job is really to help all these uh, potential competitors and people who have entries get safely on their bikes, on their feet, on their kayak from the west coast of the South Island all the way across to the east coast, eh, mate?
1: Yeah, isn't that cool? It's uh, it's, um, it's cool after all these years being involved in this for more than 20 years now to um, to be able to share some of this knowledge and it's really cool when you get to see them. So as we did in February this year, 2023, um, have some high fives at registration and, and during the race and then the finish line as well of people being successful. So uh, pretty cool to be able to get into season five of this podcast now, um, episode number two, and uh, to be able to share some of that learning.
2: It is, and we're kind of. It is episode two of season five. We did actually have episode one uh, a wee while back, so it is great mm. to be back uh, with the coast to coast logos up and behind us in the yes. studio, mate. And talk about something that you know, I know you love. You've been doing it forever, and 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 you're a part of the coast to coast furniture nowadays. And uh, myself, you know, it's it is just such a great thing to be a part of a great show ahead of us tonight.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I will tell you, you're just about part of the furniture now, too, Angus. Uh, talking the talk. <laughs> walk on the walk, maybe. Uh, please talk the well, talk, not walk the walk. Yeah, so do as I say, not weekend. as
2: I, Yeah, do as I say, not as I do. Type sort of yeah, thing. That's put the I body love. on the line.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, so tonight we're going to um, have a bit of a chat about training, how to best to manage your 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 biking, your running, your kayaking. Six months out from race day, as we record this tonight, uh, we're also going to have an update from from race director Glenn Curry and um, see what's been happening, what he's been up to in terms of uh, are there any developments, things we need to know as athletes, lining up, how those wait lists are going, etc. Uh, and then we're also going to um, have a chat, maybe we'll kick off with uh, Sophie Beaumont, who's our previous podcast kind of guest for the last, I don't know, she might have just about done all five seasons with us as well, but it feels like she's been part of the furniture as well. So she's going to talk about um, tips and tricks for first timers, basically, as standing on the start line, what it takes to get there and and from her perspective, what she's learned looking back. Hey, this is
2: a funny little thing. I've just had a, uh, a background from, you know, the director in the background um, <laughs> that, you know, we talk about coast to coast and we hope for those nice sunny days in the coast to coast. And I've just been told that it's potentially snowing out the window here in Christchurch right at, as we speak.
1: Okay, right. There, there you go. How about that?
2: I see. You can see Sophie in the background pulling her curtain back, having, having, <laughs> having a look out there. But anyway, uh, that is yep. the different season that we're currently in. So it's not much of a time right. to be uh, outside running or biking right now, is it?
1: No, not at all. And I had an athlete actually that went over Goat Pass uh, on the weekend and he said there was a bit of snow from uh, uh, Upper Deception Ooh. Hut across the top. And then he was also, uh, I was about 30 centimetres worth and he struggled because he didn't know where to put his feet slipping and sliding. So it was a bit, bit rough out there. So probably not the time to go and sort of suss out Goat Pass at the moment unless you're a seasoned campaigner.
2: No, no. All
1: right. Shall we bring uh, yep. shall we bring Soph in? Yeah, if she's, she's uh, finished looking out the window.
2: Well, she's always got her big smile on her face, hasn't she? <laughs> hey?
1: Sophie, how are you getting on?
3: Yeah, good. Love being here with you guys. But no snow out my window as far as I can see. I'm a bit disappointed, actually.
1: Oh, that's <laughs> frustrating, isn't it? Damn it. it? It was just <laughs> a
2: word on the street that I got. I can't confirm nor deny, but that's just what I was tipped off with.
3: <laughs> oh, well, maybe later tomorrow.
1: Yeah. nice nice hey sophie this is a chance to i guess almost reflect on your coast to coast journey really which um you capped off uh this year um february 2023 um Reflecting back on our podcast as well, when a fresh-faced Sophie Beaumont tandem teammate uh, Nicole Lloyd turned up to tackle the event for the first time, um, all the way back COVID cancelled the first uh, event just weeks before, and then um, and then you push the button on let's do it again, but this time you went solo doing the two the, uh, the two day individual event and finally completing it early this year. So it's been a big couple of years of adventures, learning, pushing yourself, immersing yourself in the world of multi-sport and all the awesome people that go with it. It's been a big couple of years, isn't it?
3: Oh, absolutely! I just—it's weird thinking back to yeah, two years ago when I did my first podcast with you guys, and how much I've learned between now, well, then and now, and I guess just how much I've grown as well. It sounds a bit cheesy, but yeah, mm. awesome, awesome journey.
1: Yeah, yeah, good stuff. So, if you were to—I know—is this might be a tough question to throw straight at you, but highlights—would you be able to name three kind of key highlights, stuff that happened across your build-up? Because your build-up uh, was a bit unusual because it actually went on for two years wasn't it so you're were, you were sort of standing on the start line for the first time two years in so yeah yeah. some highlights that you could um sort of think back on share with us
3: well i mean you say could i name you three look i could probably name you 50 but <laughs> i can try and train myself into three um yep. look i think the top one for me is the people i've met along the way um you know i've met so many cool people it's amazing that the people you bump into I was reflecting on this the other day with um, a friend who's become one of my one of my best mates and a great training mate that we met by chance on the Facebook page for Coast to Coast because we both wanted to run Goat Pass and needed someone to shuttle with, yeah. and you know so the the people I've met along the way that's been a huge highlight. Um, another would probably be just exploring all the new places, you know. I to see the, the Wymat Gorge from the water, which not that many mm-hmm. people get to do, and running goat pass and doing lots of training all over the place, That's that's been pretty incredible as well.
1: Cool. Um there's two. You're doing, doing well here.
3: Yeah. Oh, and now to choose from the other 48, just one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough one, but I think probably for me, it's really ignited a real passion for trail running, which... Mm. I kind of, I enjoyed running before, but I didn't realize how much I'd love trail running and doing all the training for coast has really sparked that for me. So that's been a real highlight as well, I think.
1: Yeah, good. And seeing all your fast-packing adventures, putting a bag on your back and having overnighters, running running some of the great walks, et cetera, has been pretty awesome. So, yeah, that's that's fantastic, isn't it? And uh, everyone will have their own things, but I'd imagine a lot of people will have very similar things that you've just shared with us across the board, reflecting on their first time up. Um, is there, if you were to take yourself back to the start of the journey, um, all the way back a couple of years prior, is there anything you'd do differently?
3: Um. I think probably the big one would be that I wouldn't be so hard on myself. You know, I think okay. two years ago, if I missed a training session or if I didn't get enough kilometers in my week or if I didn't stick to a training plan or whatever it was, i'd I'd beat myself up a bit and I'd feel like, mm-hmm. oh no, i'm gonna I'm gonna fail. I'm not gonna be able to cross the finish line. So I think if I were to go back and you know talk to Sophie of a couple of years ago just starting the journey, I would say, chill out, don't be so rough on yourself, you know, it's a long game, and um, yeah, yeah, you can you can take it easy once in a while.
1: Awesome, awesome, Sophie. Hey, uh, just as we're talking here, if you're watching this live, feel free to put a comment in and uh, ask Sophie, they come up on our feed, so feel free to do that if there's anything that you'd like to know from Sophie uh, as we talk through this. So, uh, like you talk about um, not being so hard on yourself, what were the, some of the hardest bits of that build-up? Uh, in terms of making it to the start line. Obviously, it was super tough, and the bottom lip went out when we couldn't do it, when COVID uh, didn't allow the two-day athletes to stand on the start line. I guess a little bit aside from that, because that's different, but w- what were some other challenges that you had in your build-up?
3: Yeah, I guess even aside from the fact that it turned into two years, you know, I sort of committed to doing it a year out, and even maintaining momentum for a year yeah. is quite tough. You know, so aside from the the fact that it was two that's that was a really big one you know kind of especially through the winter when it's dark and cold and you know potentially snowing out your window it's um that's definitely something I found pretty tough um and you know it's it's an ongoing challenge to kind of maintain that motivation I guess Mm -hmm. um my other big challenge would be uh the kayaking. Um, I've spoken about this before. I everyone who's <laughs> of the mountains with me knows that I love to moan about kayaking. Um, <laughs>
1: were you moaning in the weekend when we were out running about kayaking? I think yeah, you were. Yeah, I
3: was. Yeah, yeah. has yeah. worshipped mayor tomorrow. I had a good moan about kayaking. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. But look, I just I've got yeah. a bit of a mental block about it and I've come a long way. But yeah, I've, heard, still, I've heard
2: I've um, heard that people have uh, people have seen you in the boat singing away in your happy place.
3: Oh, yeah, usually just after I've been having a good cry. So, you know, it sort of <laughs> swings both ways.
2: <laughs> so, so maybe it was a sad song you were singing or something, wasn't it? Yeah,
3: and the, the laughter might actually have been a sob. Who knows? It's
1: <laughs> very close, isn't it? Classic.
3: Yeah. yeah. Nice. But, yeah, that's, um, that's been a big challenge.
1: Yeah, 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 good. But uh, but big challenges like that do make it more rewarding, doesn't it? When you're actually able to get through the course and and tick it off and say, "Yep, I actually did that," and uh, and make it through, which is awesome. Um, in terms of, yeah. tell us a little bit about your race day. Um, did it go a- as expected for you? Did it go mostly to plan?
3: Um, it, yeah, it went to plan, I guess, in the sense as and as much of a plan as I had one, which really was just to get it done and hopefully enjoy the process um actually I'd say it went it went better than to plan I mean I just had the most fun particularly (laughs) day one it was just it was so good I absolutely loved it from start to finish um like I genuinely had such an awesome time there were a couple of a couple of little hiccups like I we had a compulsory portage uh halfway through the kayak and uh I managed to jam I didn't realize at the time, but I jammed my water hose, uh, which meant that I didn't have any water for the second half of the kayak. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I got out of the boat and ran up to transition and tried to leave without my transponder because I'd taken it off to get my booty off. And, you know, I mean, little hiccups, Um, but nothing major. I was really lucky. Things went well. Um, And, you know, I guess I took a whole lot of learning away from it just in terms of... Such as?
1: What were some of those things?
3: Um. Things like how to manage my transitions, um, you know, like I had what I thought was a pretty comprehensive document for my support crew, but oh, looking back, I could have given them so much more info and I could have made that so much easier for them. So, you know, that was really good learning and um, is something that, I, you know, implement differently next time would be to really spell things out for the support crew, you know, not expect them to know things like I don't know what I I thought I had good instructions about what food I'd want and stuff but in hindsight it was all quite vague um right because you knew
1: but they didn't know
3: yeah and I thought that my instructions made sense but looking back they made sense to me um so that yeah that would be a big a big learning and um and yeah I guess yeah just I, I kind of like again as before not sweating the small stuff too much you know learning that you just got to go with the flow and enjoy the process
1: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah nice work in terms of uh your i guess going back to your yeah your race day what was the hardest thing what was the toughest thing on race day for you what was the thing that you were sort of hey was there any time where you're actually just in the hurt like was that towards the end of the paddle when you haven't had any got anything to drink and you know you've still got hours to go
3: yeah, it most definitely was. I was going to say, I'll give you three guesses, but you're you know,
1: <laughs> I was listening. Um,
3: yeah. Yeah, it, was, it was It was. when I got to Woodstock and, you know, I've paddled from Woodstock down to Gorge Bridge a lot of times and yeah. I know that part of the river well and I, I thought that I would get to that point on race day and I'd be like, okay, it's all good. I'm nearly there. I'm, you know, I know this part of the river, I'm safe, but I got there and I was so exhausted and I hadn't had water for ages, and I'd, it was all things weren't going that well from a nutrition perspective mm-hmm. at that point. I maybe because I hadn't had water to wash stuff down and I could basically barely lift my arms. I was absolutely knackered and I got to Woodstock and I went, oh my gosh, I've got 15 Ks to go. I don't know if I've got another hour in me. And that was, that was a huge mental battle. I mean, it was a physical yeah. battle as well because I, as said, basically couldn't lift my arms. I was so tired. But yeah, mentally that was huge, and I'm so proud of myself that I didn't like give up and get out of my boat at Woodstock because I kind of thought Mm -hmm. about it.
2: (laughs) When when you when you first figured out about your water hose had been clamped, or you you know you'd pinched your water hose, was that how mentally tough was that? Did you process that at the time, or were you just still hurrying along, so you didn't really care, or did that then does does it sit in the back of your mind? You know, oh crap, you know,
3: bad things are coming. yeah it was a little anxiety niggle back there and you know I'd sort of got through most of the bits of the kayak that I was nervous about I'd got through by that stage and again I'd kind of said to myself oh once the portage is over I'm kind of in the clear I'm, you know there's not too much that I'm nervous about from that point point." and it, yeah definitely messed with my head a bit the whole it's not a biggie but those little things they can really um they can really throw you off so that would be I think a key piece of advice is, you know, take those extra seconds to check that things are all good. If I'd taken that 20 seconds when I got back into my boat and just made sure that that water was flowing, I would have saved myself a lot of stress and anxiety further down the river. So, yeah, take sure. that time, I think.
1: And in hindsight, should have you actually just pulled over, got it oh, sorted, absolutely. then carried on.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I was like, no, 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 I'm in a good groove. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going, I haven't fallen out of my boat. I've just got to keep moving. If I stop, I'll jinx it.
1: It was yeah, done. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then your bottom lip gets out more and more and more and more. And then, yeah, and then it makes it harder and harder. Yeah, I mean, that's good advice, isn't it? It's the same as like when you're getting too hot or too cold. Just stop and take your, uh, change your layers before you do get into trouble. Have something to eat. Just reassess. Re, re, um, get yourself sorted and then go again.
2: Rest assured, though, you won't be the only person to have uh, gone down that route and then gone, oh, you know, if only I had to just stopped, I would have, you know, like, I think every competitor's probably been in that position where they could have done something really simple for a really short amount of time and it would have made all the difference. But stubbornness says we'll just keep going. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to
3: spend that 20 seconds, even though it might save me 10 minutes down the line. We're stubborn yeah. people,
1: aren't we? <laughs> well, exactly. You're going well. So let's keep rolling. Absolutely. It makes sense, doesn't it? Now, that's just experience as well, isn't it? Because you've done that. You've had that experience. You'll be better for it next time. So I guess that's part of sharing that as well. Uh, just a couple of quick quick questions. Sophie, what's your favorite nutrition for racing?
3: Um, I think, well, I, I use a lot of Tailwind. i um, big yep. fan of that for for training and racing. Um, but I'm also, I quite like a bit of like real food in my transitions. Um quite enjoyed a Vegemite and cheese sandwich. Um, okay. Goes down quite well. I like that for a mission in the hills as well. And uh, my mum makes a really good Sultana cake and I Ooh, had gosh. quite a lot of that in transitions and that was awesome as well. But actually, here's my favourite nutrition hat.
1: <laughs> okay, um, here we go.
3: For the kayak, I made what I called my, like, I called it my buff bottle, because it was just a, a bottle in the front of my PFD with a long straw, so I could drink from it really easy. And into it, I squeezed like six gels and about five scoops of tailwinds and then, you know, a little bit of water. So it was really syrupy and sickly, which was great until I didn't have any water to wash it down with, and then it was absolutely awful.
1: <laughs> <That> was...
3: <laughs> if you've got water, the buff bottle is a great call.
1: Okay, okay, okay. I like it. I like it. That's very good. Nice
2: does, does mum make, like, an extra one of those fruitcakes? Like, is there any chance she might make an extra one? Look, she's team? actually
3: visiting Christchurch this weekend uh, from Wellington, so would you like me to have a quiet word with her?
2: Oh, well, <laughs> you know, I'm not saying that, but, you know, if you were to do that, then, you know.
3: Look, I'll see what I can slip into <laughs> conversation, shall I?
2: <laughs> that'd be much appreciated. <laughs> and a hot tea, actually. Me. If we're if we're going there, like a bit of fruit cake and a hot bit of hot tea would be good too. But you know, if that's you know, we'll- oh, she takes
3: every trip, so yeah, you're in you're yeah. in safe hands.
1: <laughs> nice work. What's your favourite place for an, for an adventure, Sophie?
3: <sighs> Very hard call. I love anything that involves a hill that I can climb up, but um probably Mount Oxford. I really, really love running all of the trails on Oxford. It's just awesome. Great technical terrain and beautiful views. It's, yeah, that's my favourite.
1: Nice work. And will you be back to coast to coast at some point? Is that, is that something that you'll look to do or is it one and done? I'm, I've had an awesome experience here. What's your plan going forward?
3: No, it's definitely uh, in the plan. I'm on the wait list for uh, next year's event. So we'll see mm-hmm. how that goes. Um, I'd really... I don't think next year, but I'd love to do the longest day at some point. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm starting a new job soon, and it's a bit too stressful to have the idea of longest day on top of that. But, yeah, one day, longest day. I'm um, on the
2: wait you list, need, are you?
3: Oh, I haven't checked recently, but actually quite high, so I should probably start training.
2: Oh, <laughs> oh when you say high, like you're close. nearly at the top
3: yeah, of the Yeah, line. like close, oh. close to the entry point. So, yeah, I might oh. need to get my kayak out.
1: Yeah, good stuff. Hey, and Sophie, to finish up, have you got any other advice that you would give to others that are competing for the first time, turning up to Coast to Coast for the first time based on Um, your experience? I
3: I think I've got quite a lot, to be honest, some of which I've kind of shared. But
1: Hmm. I
3: think the big ones for me, one of them is to make sure you have fun with it. You know, like it's you're going to be doing a lot of training, you know, you're out there putting in a lot of hours. And if it's your first time, I think firstly, you've got to think about your why. You know, are you wanting to compete at the top of the field? Are you just wanting to do it? Is it a bucket list thing? What's your why? And I think you've got to kind of tailor your training and your race according to what that why is. You know, so if you're like me, the goal was to complete it, to do it in the, you know, feeling like I had pushed myself as hard as I could and to have a whole lot of fun along the way. And because of that, I made sure that I trained with mates all the time. I didn't, you know, tried not to sweat stuff too much. This is, you know, a bit further down yep. the line after I learned to stop sweating the small stuff. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I, I had a lot of fun with it. I got out there and did things I love doing. And so I think that's my main piece of advice. Think about why you're doing it and then make sure that the way you're training matches why you're doing it. And have yeah, fun
1: that's great advice because we often um, uh, Steve Gurney did this, like uh, like uh, elites do this. I should be doing twenty hours a week, which is just not practical for most of us. Um, and 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 often we we start going quite well, and then it builds up more than that. Oh, I'm actually going quite well here, and then then it then I get more and more and more and more involved, and then then my job suffers, my my social family life suffer, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, and I get everything all out of whack, but I'm I'm not doing it based on what I originally started to. So just coming back to that um, is super important. That's great advice.
2: Sophie, speaking of advice, before we go, I've just got a couple of things I want to share. But one, I think we better answer Trev Garrett's question here. He's got, (laughs) as as you can already probably understand what's coming from Trev. But, hey, thoughts on training with Coco on Zwift? I'm Um, feeling like there's a story here.
3: Yeah, look, I'll be honest. I'm not a big fan of Zwift. Um, My my friend Jared who's sitting at the other end of the table laughing at this, uh, Trev's a good mate, uh, as he likes training with Coco on Zwift. And, um, sometimes we joke that there's a third person in our relationship and it's Coco. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I um, This
3: doesn't really do it for me. I like to be outside.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, good stuff. I, no, yeah. That's awesome. Sophie. Hey,
2: hey, something I just want to share is, is that with you, Sophie and the journey that we had with you through, uh, through this podcast and following along is it in the privileged position that that Rich and I are in although Rich is oft, often uh, busy competing so I guess more me over the coast to coast weekend and I got to say it's an absolute privileged position we hold to be a part of the media team and actually get in behind and see what goes on the journey what really brings uh you know excitement to me and and the joy of it all is watching the emotion on people right like and and being right next to the emotion and I can you know we followed you right from Arriving over there, uh, the nerves on the start line. Um, I talked to your support crew, your father and things at the kayak and uh, just how proud they were you know, when you come through, but then to see you finish and the emotion that, um, and if I was clever, I would have had that clip here on ready to go, but I don't. But the emotion when you come across the finish line, that—that that, which is what uh, 99.9% of Co- Kathmandu coast-to-coast people experience when they hit, hit that beach and they hit that finish line and all the emotion of that weekend uh, comes across them. You were just an absolute prime example of that. And it was just a privilege to share that. That's, yeah.
3: Oh, Thanks guys I really appreciate that I mean I'm uh, looking back on that interview I actually re-watched a while ago it's it's slightly embarrassing I was very emotional (laughs) but it's such a cool journey you know and anyone who's listening who's doing coast for the first time you know start of next year I'm so excited for you to have that experience it is such an incredible feeling crossing that finish line and you're so right that emotional journey is almost in fact it's probably every bit as significant as the physical one.
1: Yeah, that's right. And it doesn't become real until you're sort of like, you're getting on that towards the end of that bike ride. Like, actually, I think I'm going to be able to do this. I think I'm actually going to pull this off. Um, And then it all (laughs) comes together towards the end. It's so good, isn't
3: it? Yeah, it's awesome.
1: Well done, well done. Hey, yep. Sophie, thank you so much for for sharing tonight, and and uh, on behalf of Angus and I and the whole coast to coast community, we really appreciate your honesty and and uh, what you shared with us with us over the last few years, and um, it won't be the last time. We'll drag you back for another episode, I'm sure. So, um, uh, all the best for your next adventure and starting that new job, and uh, look forward to following your progress and catching up with you soon.
3: Thanks so much, guys. It has been a real pleasure to be on board with you, and um, yeah, I'm really grateful for the opportunity.
2: Cool. Good I'll luck be. on the waiting list.
3: Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Not
2: we'll sure we're checking out race director. That, yeah, oh, yeah, sure, yeah, sure yeah. we'll do something. Hopefully yeah, like yeah. I'll be yeah,
3: seeing you on the start line. Yeah.
1: Cool. <laughs> well thanks, Soph. Okay. See you. See you guys
2: speaking of uh, race director, actually just a reminder that later on in the show, we do have the race director, Glenn Curry, mm. on the show to close it out. So that's going to be cool to catch up with him. Hey, just yep. another thing, because we talk about coast to coast and how exposed it is, to, uh, how, you know, it's a, it's a world event. It's the world mm-hmm. uh, mountain sport champ, uh, you know, multi-sport championship. things. I just see before we got a little like and a love heart from Arthur from Ireland, who was one of our supported athletes uh, last year. So cool to see that, that Ireland is still tuning into the rich and you know yeah how good we're reaching yep. households all over the place
1: yeah absolutely what time of the day is it there there's definitely some commitment um going on and maybe you should be at work what's going on but no that's, that's super should. good <laughs> how many yeah, times
2: that's... have you wandered off from work and had coast to coast interrupted hey eh? <laughs> <laughs> you, you wouldn't and, be the and, first guilty person <laughs> <laughs>
1: and while i'm at work i'm thinking of coast to coast type stuff yeah it definitely yeah, happens curious. yeah no it's super curious. cool isn't it and uh, yeah great to have uh everyone tuning in that's awesome um
2: yeah yeah Yep. So we're going to talk uh, with you in a second about training and and, Mm -hmm. and bits and pieces, but maybe, Rich, do you want to just talk us through the CP Training Plan Plus?
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. That's a new thing that we're just sort of bringing out this year Um, as a way to, I guess, one thing with our coaching, we've been doing it for lots of years now, and it's it's a lot of one-on-one, which makes um, a lot of sense in terms of working with individuals. But one thing we wanted to try and incorporate is just build a team and then a group of people that can kind of, I don't know, just just support each other and, um, and cheer each other on and have others to meet when you get there on race day so it's not so scary. So what we've basically got is we've got 20 weeks, 20 athletes, so we're going to limit it to 20 people. Basically, once a month, catch up, together as a group and basically check in to see how everybody's going, what some challenges are, what are some things that we're doing well, and basically just to share that learning, um, all underpinned by sort of our normal sort of coaching process as well. So um, that's something that we're really excited to kind of offer starting in September, so which is the start of next month, um, and to basically yeah help you get to the start line and have an awesome day out. Nice,
2: <laughs> nice. So you check? are, you are. I don't know what are you. You're a pro athlete, don't you? An old guy? Can we call you a pro athlete? An <laughs> old dog. Uh. <laughs> Can we call you an old dog. Look, you know, you're a very experienced uh, athlete uh, along the way, and you've been a very successful campaigner at the coast to coast. So, how does Agria? How does he train for this thing? Look, you, you, you're a, you've got a coaching business. You're full time trying to help everybody else. You've got about 100 mm. kids that run around your house. You've got. <laughs> there's
1: four kids, actually. So just okay, right. Some days it feels like there's 100 of them. But,
2: but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, h- yeah. how do you get around training? How do you make that happen?
1: Yeah I guess it's like Sophie said it's sort of a bit of a lifestyle type thing really um at the end of the day but I, and and uh and it comes back to consistency and um and kind of doing things on a regular basis so say after this year just been I did I actually did Ironman for the first time to see if I could three weeks after coast which was a big job that was enough different challenge completely and then uh and then after that I just had some time off I just sort of did nothing much at all and kind of did stuff if I felt like it so I felt like I had a bit of time off and then I guess like I, I do three Zwift sessions a week which is um across the course of winter with our crew so that's sort of a bit of a foundation of what I what i done and, and a bit of ride my mountain bike for fun etc and then I guess just in the last uh month or two I've sort of started picking up a bit of running kind of doing that sort of thing and running was something that I um, needed to do a bit more from last year so so it's just it's not huge I guess it's um a six hours would be a be a sort of almost a bigger week for me across the course of winter and um yeah so it's just a matter of Keeping on chipping away, and then sort of coming into spring, let's pick up a bit more paddling and get into the swing of that. But, but also one thing I've been dabbling with and probably not doing a great job is doing a bit of strength training. Um, So I think I've done a better job of that this winter, making sure that I've done two sessions a week of actually lifting some stuff, which has been quite cool. So yeah, it's about the exercise and duration and intensity, how hard you're going, how long you're going for, Uh, mixing that with the recovery, actually making sure you do bounce back from that, and then thinking about the fuel you how your nutrition goes and and making sure you actually sleep to recover but then you've got to sort of box all that in with how busy life is and family and stressful work and all that sort of stuff and if you balance that stuff well then you might have to make some changes to how hard you're training and what how much you're sleeping but then hopefully you're going to improve as a result of that so exercise plus some recovery equals you getting better so it's just balancing that stuff i guess as a general rule
2: if you're doing a strength day is that just strength or you actually do you do a strength session and then put something else in the day
1: yeah I generally would put something else in the day like one thing I've done we we think I finally figured it out I've your week starts on a Monday and then you go Monday to Sunday generally but what I've changed this year as I said okay my strength week starts on a Saturday so then, because you generally got a little bit more time across the weekend, so actually get a strength training session done on the on the weekend, so I'm up one. and then I've just got to fit another one in during the week. opposed to what's happened in the past, i'm gonna I'm gonna do a strength session this week and, and two this week, and then I get to say that I haven't done any. And then I've got two to do on Saturday and Sunday. And then I get to Sunday and I've got two to do on Sunday. And then, oh, what's the point? So um, that's been quite a cool thing, actually, just to kind of flip the flip the thinking along those lines. So generally I would, um, but they're not, I guess, so hard that I can't move afterwards. Um, yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, I, I was just going to ask the next question, and actually, I'll have to admit that that this is actually going to come out wrong because you wrote these questions. And, uh, and, but <laughs> but, it, but, this is, but but this is how it reads. How do I know if I'm doing enough? Well, the honest truth is, uh, we know I'm not doing enough. So that's that, nobody's ever going to believe that question, right? So but, how do, you, how, no,
1: do just, how do you how do you know though? How do you know you're not doing enough, Angus?
2: Yeah well well cuz zero is probably not enough right oh, like, yeah 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 times uh, it by 100 you know? it's still zero yeah, isn't it it's still yeah. zero that's right mate it's like the old media budget <laughs> isn't it uh, <laughs> 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 hey, mate, <laughs> and in all seriousness though mate like like how do we how that, that is always one of the big questions people uh well sometimes they don't ask do they and they just think mm. they're not doing enough so then they start really smashing themselves when they shouldn't be but how do we balance yeah. it? how do we know when when's good and when's not
1: I guess, and that's the challenge with coast to coast, because if my legs are tight, I can go paddling. And if I'm sick of paddling, I can ride my bike. And you can just do more and more. And you think to what everyone else seems to be doing, because everyone else seems to be doing more, don't they? So if I'm doing enough, uh, yeah, like it's a definitely a balancing act with balancing the three disciplines plus some strength for a fourth. So I guess... Doing some testing is a really good option. Actually, actually doing a time trial, um, so that could be good. Doing an FTP on Zwift, actually jumping in your boat and doing 20 minutes of hard and see how far I could go, etc. So actually tracking your progress and writing it down is a really good way. And if I'm haven't improved, well, why? Well, maybe the conditions weren't the same, or what do I have to eat, or how tired, or what am I am I compared to last time? So all those things. I, I guess so the do other one is. Journal? Do you keep a journal? Yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Uh, So do you have like a round the
2: block, let's say we've got a 4K round the block loop or something and and Mm. you just like mark, okay, well, that's going to be my training and I'm going to write down the weather, what I had for breakfast, Mm -hmm. all those sort of
1: things. Is that what you do? Yeah, well, Strava is a great tool for that, actually. And then you can run across that Strava segment. So Strava is good because it naturally occurring evidence of I actually went over the Strava segment faster without even really trying. So that's quite interesting. But then also you can put some notes in there for yourself that doesn't have to go public. Uh, just in terms of, OK, I had a good crack at this today. And then how did I go? So then you can reflect back on it. The key thing is is just to remind yourself of the date so then you can actually remember when it was on that yep. one so that that's a really good little thing to do the other one uh would be a build up event actually make sure that you do try an event or two in the lead up because hey sometimes you think you're going really well but then you line up with uh, everyone else and then oh actually well a you'll learn some stuff and b it sort of makes it okay it gives you a good bit of feedback on how I'm actually track tracking so that's really important as well
2: and probably, uh, I guess that's with group sessions and and mm. and actually just just finding a mate who's also doing coast or or training for something else and just you know you always push yourself harder when you're training with yep. somebody else, don't you? You know, like you can't help help but try and half wheel, half wheel somebody when you're on the bike or yep. something like that, can you? So uh, I guess that is you know a good way too to work out if
1: you're there or thereabouts. Absolutely. It is definitely a good way to, to to test yourself. Absolutely. But it all comes back to making sure you're actually recovering enough, making sure that you are balancing things out and and making sure that you still have a job and you still recognize the family as part of that as well. Um, And then also like we're six, six months out at the moment, we don't need to be peaking right now. I remember when my brother first did this event, he was peaking in December. He was fizzing and he was ready to go. Uh, it's a long time from Christmas time through to sort of it's like six or eight weeks through that and he was cooked by the time he actually arrived he's just oh, I'm sick of this I've just just turned up I just want to do this and get it done so I guess you've got to play the long game a little bit as well it's not Christmas time it's actually February um middle of February when this thing actually happens so
2: so you're convinced he would have actually if he could have done it in December or, yep. or Christmas he would have actually gone better
1: I think he probably would have yeah <laughs> yeah yeah
2: nice uh, so what about training for all three disciplines mate how do we do that what
1: what yeah I've talked about it's this tricky, a lot eh? and yeah it is yeah 100% and my 15 minute rule is probably one of the key things there is that uh, and and if you've listened to the podcast before you will you'll remember this but just quickly it's basically 15 minutes is a minimum amount of time to call a session a session so if you've got 14 minutes and 30 seconds on the clock you've got to go up round the lamppost and back again to actually tick it off so having a little rule like that's good because it means you can always fit it in somehow. So that consistency happens. But also two 15-minute sessions of a, of a a short, hard bike, full send, and then a run. Actually, I've run and a bike today. So my body's seen that. Or I've got to go for a run plus jump in the boat. So that's a really useful little thing. It doesn't have to be an hour every time you turn up because it just becomes unrealistic for most of the trying to do life at the same time. So so I think that's really important. Um, And then then I thinking about what are my key sessions on this week um and that's where that training plan can help you like generally the key sessions are maybe one that's a bit longer uh, because ultimately the whole training thing is building up to simulate what the race is going to be like and then um and, and and being able to cope with that and then the other bit is often the other key session would be one that's a bit faster. So it might be that ride with a mate session that you're doing there or or a run group or something like that that you turn up and just go, I'm just going to run fast and see what happens today. Um, so making sure you do those ones well so you're fresh and ready for them and also give yourself some time to recover from them as well. So I'd say do a little bit of everything when you're ready to, and then also um, know what why you're doing that session and what the objective of it is as well.
2: Well, the next question is actually for me. And, uh, and what if I haven't actually started training yet?
1: You haven't started training yet? Thanks. <laughs> and the next oh one goodness. after that
2: is probably what if I've got a really big book of excuses?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess now is it's always now, is it? Like, actually, if I haven't started training yet, and there'll be a bunch of people that uh, that yeah, haven't started I- training for this thing. Um, because it's winter and it's tough, and I've I've got my entry in. Sweet, I'll do that. Um, uh, the key thing is 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 start small. And I think often when we do start training for things like this, we think, right, I'm doing the coast to coast. I've got to do lots. And then what happens is I do too much, and then I end up getting injured because I do a run today and then try and run again the next day. Is this ring some bells, Angus? And then try and <laughs> run again the next day. <laughs> <laughs> then I get injured. So that's uh, not what we want. So spread it out and and start small and listen to your body and then get get underway. And the other bit is, like I talked a bit about strength training, a bit of uh, some press-ups and a, a bit of a side plank type thing and and doing some just lunges, et cetera. Like those sort of key exercises are really important to make sure that I can move well and less likely to actually get injured as well. So um, that will mean that you'll have a better time and build up better without breaking down.
2: Yeah, and there'll be a lot of people that won't have started training, but actually have a some sort of fitness background from doing mm-hmm. something beforehand. So that will that will naturally kick in and be yep. a help as well. And and the other small things like you know if you've got a dog and you're taking the dog for a walk and you're going to the park or something and you're walking along, just mm-hmm. walk up and down the gutter and walk across some logs and 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 it, you can actually do all of those sort of small things while you're out, walk, you know, doing things like that.
1: so that balancey type stuff maybe you're playing a team sport for winter that's great fitness isn't it and then you can sort of once this the winter sport finishes then you can dial into a bit more specific stuff but yeah I guess it's just starting small and making sure it's sustainable and building that routine is the key thing we want to be doing um, at this stage because you've still got plenty of time I guess the other thing to think about there in terms of training it's not all about fitness it's actually about your skills so it's uh, about okay have I got my grade 2 booked in how's my paddling like and and actually starting to think about how am i actually moving opposed to just thinking about getting fitter all the time
2: and actually you're quite right there about you know have a book my grade two and but have I you know you may not have started training but you could actually be doing the planning of a whole lot of stuff as well the logistics Mm -hmm. side of it and actually Mm -hmm. that is actually starting uh training mate this is starting to get personal i'm sure you have written this list personally (laughs) (coughs) what if i need to lose some weight richard
1: <laughs> is that a personal question? You're asking that on <laughs> behalf of someone else, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Hypothetically, let's just say yeah. hypothetically <laughs> I needed to lose the weight. <laughs> well, it is a thing, isn't it? Like like this whole running gig, etc., it is a powder weight ratio game. So if you are not carrying as much, it does make the thing a little bit easier. So again, it's just a matter of um looking after yourself often it's just little things isn't it in terms of maybe i need to tidy up my breakfast maybe it's my snacks maybe it's my i need to drink some water maybe it's the um portion sizes etc most of us probably know what we need to do might be dropping the alcohol intake to um down a bit etc so i guess it's just actually yeah (laughs) not all the time dropping i didn't say stopping yeah 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 but um hey, whatever the thing is for you is to make a promise to yourself to say that's what I'm going to have a crack at. And, hey, it might be that you need to get some support to help you with that as well, um, to actually, I guess, hold you accountable, but actually come up with some ways of doing it because it's not just about doing it hard. It's about being smarter and learning about it as well. And that's the beauty of this whole journey. It's the skills that we learn of doing the coast-to-coast and having a big goal like this. they're, They're life skills, the things that we can take into being fit and healthy going forward. As well. Yeah,
2: totally. Let's mm. talk injuries uh quickly because everybody has one. Uh everyone yep. will get one, no doubt. Uh obviously right now, being so far out from Coast, if you have an injury now, we need to be dealing to it, eh?
1: Yeah, yeah. hundred oh, percent. And uh there's lots of good people out there will help with help with injuries, that's their job. Like a good physio is really important. Um the other thing around uh, that in if you've had an injury before, the most that's the most likely reason why you're going to get one again because you injured the same thing, your calf muscle pings again, etc. So what can I do to stop that? So some strength is really important. So going to see a physio to do like a muscle balance movement analysis is actually really good. Like physios love movement and they will you'll walk into the office and they'll be able to pick up the fact that you've got tight hip flexors and you've got no glute muscles just for you as you walk in. So actually to go in and sit down and see somebody or it could be a good strength coach, and actually for them to say these are the five exercises that you need to do and these are a couple of key stretches that you need to do, um, spending half an hour or 45 minutes with someone like that will just change the game and uh, help your build-up as well. So if you've got an injury, yep, get it sorted as soon as you can um, and have a plan for that. But if you are if you haven't got an injury, well, how can I preempt so that doesn't happen down the track as well?
2: Yep. And actually you touched on something there about the the – getting a good physio and bits and pieces you know the experts Like, like take mm. the time and use some of the experts hey eh? like um you can you can train your ass off to try and get as fit and as fast as you damn well want but if you haven't actually got good technique if you haven't got the right bike fit if you're not running correctly uh you know you're, you're missing a, a really mm. easy game
1: absolutely and that's the that's the fun part of it isn't it is that how do I improve the most with the least possible effort and it's not just about training harder and harder and harder because it's probably end up just breaking down but how can I move better Uh, and paddle technique is a great example of that isn't it actually get someone to help teach you how do I get a bit of a leg drive going on how do I actually use my core muscles as I'm paddling as well so um, how do I actually uh, do that so get someone else to film yourself get someone else to give you some feedback on that give you some get some drills uh and things to shoot for so um yeah how do I train smarter rather than just trying to feel like I have to do more yeah
2: well Mm. mate as this is the uh Katmandu Coast to Coast podcast of course brought to you by Team CP and mate you are the team captain uh how are you going to help me (laughs) how is Team CP or how how are you going to help me uh get off this couch
1: Get, well, I, I'd say it's a matter of getting no on your blo- that, it? <laughs> well, I think it goes back to what Sophie said: why you're doing it, and if that why is good enough, well, then you'll you'll want to. And I think, and and the other thing she really talked about was having fun with it as well. So if you're if you if you're having fun and you're doing it for the right reasons of the adventure and the downhill, and I'm just enjoying getting out and about, that's the reason to start. And then it's just also a matter of. Uh, I guess the easy wins, let's just start and tick some stuff off and get some runs on the board. So they don't need to be big, massive missions that you end up being really sore for days. It's just actually a matter of yeah, getting started, feeling good about that, having a smile on your face. And it might even be a friend to drag you out as well, just to have a bit of accountability there. So yeah, I'd say go back to that and um, and then yeah, just quietly build some momentum.
2: Righto. Well, just quickly before we finish this section, uh, what about you giving us, like, for the newbies, maybe the Richard Greer five hot tips?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Uh, five hot tips. We're talking training tips, are we? Yep. Let's go. Okay. One. <laughs> okay. Uh, so consistency is number one. So it's all about consistency. Turning up on a regular basis, challenging your body uh, to to adapt and improve. Uh, The next part of consistency is having a routine, so then you don't have to think about it too much. So then you can turn up, and the family know on a Wednesday night uh, that that's what you're doing. You're doing that particular session, and I'm going to be missing tea or whatever. So the consistency and routine are are really key. And then it's this those foundations, isn't it? Like getting those right. That sleep um, the, the managing the work stress, what else is going on. So, so looking after your recovery, nutrition is also pretty important as well, making sure that you're recovering and fueling your body. Um, that's five and, and, and make sure you're having adventures go left rather than right. You always go right. Let's, uh, let's have a look down that way. And that's a, it's a fantastic way of, um, making a run a bit longer by getting a little bit lost and then trying to figure out how the hell I'm going to get home again. Um, so that's a great wee training tool as well. So you yeah, have fun and have some adventures as you go.
2: Cool. Now, don't forget if you are listening uh, and you do want to know more, you've got any questions, uh, you can fire some questions at us here now live or uh, flick us a message on uh, on the Team CP Facebook page if you've got something or jump on the Team CP website and uh, push a book now and and book a slot with Rich to uh, mm. just to catch up and talk through what, how, and you know, we may be able to help you.
1: Yeah, that's right. It, there's a book, a call button on our website, goes through to my diary. Uh, more than happy to share. So, feel free to do that. That's absolutely fine.
2: Beautiful. Well, Easy. I know what we should do now. And, uh, the, the last part of our segment tonight, Richard, is pretty exciting because, of course, race director Glenn Curry is with us and he is going to give us all of the latest updates of where the Catman do coast to coast and how it's tracking for 2024. G'day,
1: mate.
0: Hey, Angus. G'day, Richard. How you doing, Glenn? Good, good. You guys? Yeah, really good, good thanks. Is there snow yeah. outside your window? No, no. We're we got a, got plenty on the hill, but we're not quite like um central that have a heap on the ground. So mm. but there's plenty on the mountain, which is good. Feels like winter's just hit in the last uh two weeks, isn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And what have you been up to in the last wee while uh it's been a while since we've caught up to you? What's been happening uh on the coast to coast front?
0: Oh the coast team goes into hibernation a little bit over um June and sort of July. It's sort of a nice time of year, but um oh no we're sort of we're sort of ticking away um we actually as a team we ran for the first time the rootburn classic this year yeah which yeah, yeah. uh was really exciting for us and um it was the first time we'd run it and uh yeah a super amazing event which um even started a number of years ago so we felt honored to be able to pick that up and um hopefully you know after another year we can do it justice to um what what he created there but um if you If you haven't been over the route, burn, um, arguably probably, you know, the finest trail run in New Zealand, I I, I believe it's stunning. Mm -hmm. So um, that was good fun for us and um, a new venture. So that was really cool. So um, that was back in April. And then since there, it's sort of been, um, yeah, starting into operations mode again for Coast next year. So um, probably, you know, our last couple of months consists of um, touching base with all our sponsors and checking in with them, and a lot of sort of the, the beginnings of the major operation areas such as the traffic management and things has uh been pretty major focus for us over the uh yeah the last couple of months in terms of you know trying to we're always trying to tweak it tweak things in those areas and improve them and whatnot so um yeah it's been us so. no major
2: hurdles or anything thrown
0: in there no no no, no it's changes always, or anything no not really angus there's always challenges you know like i mean um we we're the only you know I always say we're probably the only event that actually shuts down a state highway you know endurance event that shuts down a state highway in this country and you know that that brings about challenges and you know with with increasing population increasing tourism numbers etc we have to be aware that you know the impact the event has on people outside of the event so there's always things that we've got to um make sure that we sort of are we're working with the public so that we can keep the event going really so. Um, tell them if if they they want to use the road enter yeah that's right yeah yeah if they um, don't want to go around the long way they they can jump on a bike and it might be quicker to go go through but no no we're we're really fortunate that that people are so supportive of the event that you know most people can see that they want it to happen so um yeah can make those make those considerations around it so yeah and otherwise yeah it's sort of um winter time and yeah we're just looking forward to really starting to crank into it in the next month or so and it's a bit like training really yeah
1: yeah, nice. Are there any new developments? Is there anything uh, we'd expect to be different this time if we've been to the event before?
0: Uh, not not overly, Richard. We're tweaking a few things trying to try and get those over the line just in terms of, like I say, operations and support crew. Um, and that will come out in the handbooks, any new requirements. But no, nah, not 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 majorly. And uh, yes, the unique thing about the coast is it is 40 years old. And really, there hasn't been a hell of a lot of changes over those 40 years, you know, because we've got that set course. So yeah. Um, we're just tweaking things, you know. We're always trying to tweak things to make um make it easier on the support crews and a better experience, you know, which will which will end up being a better experience for the athletes. So just little bits and pieces that we're continuously trying to work away on.
1: Nice. You talked about you mentioned support crews there. Uh, that's one thing um, that that it's a big part of the race. And but I think if we're coming from outside of New Zealand, we don't quite have an understanding of what this whole coast to coast gig is about. I mean, can you touch on that in terms of what's involved for them and and do we actually need support crews, et cetera?
0: Yeah, I think every year we get a number of people caught, who get a little caught out in terms of the actual logistics around this event. Mm. Um, and everyone looks at the distance of the event and, uh, you know, you could probably, you know, some of those distances are comparable, you know, or, you know, similar to Ironman or whatever. Um, the yep. big difference with Coast to Coast is we go point to point, um, mm. where a lot of events that are endurance events will go from, you know, I suppose use a bit of a... Um, oh I yeah sort of like that they have it they have one transition point and and everything sort of is based around that area and uh you know coast is point to point and the terrain that you travel through you know as an athlete is incredibly technical and and it is incredible for a lot of people coming over um as support crews the terrain they actually travel through is quite incredibly technical too in terms of the Mm. roads that you drive etc um there's a so there's a lot going on and and for new athletes it's probably trying to gain an understanding of that as much as possible and actually you know getting that across to their support crews that they're in for a big couple of days and if the support crews are probably thinking they're coming down to the base themselves in one area and uh you know have have um a coffee cart and sort of you know they're probably in for a little bit of a shot there's early mornings and You know, you you often hear the support crew are more fatigued after the weekend than the athletes themselves because it is a big weekend (laughs) with with uh, not a lot of sleep. But it also is really rewarding for the support crew, and and it's what makes the you know it's one of the aspects which make the event really special is that the support crew are you know that they have an experience themselves. So. It's a big part of it. So it's pretty cool. But just, yeah, getting an understanding, you know, thinking about your support crew now and actually getting across to them, you know, what it is all about. And that helps us out a lot in terms of our operations too. If people turn up and know know what's going on, it definitely helps us out.
1: Nice, and that's what Sophie talked about at the top of the show around uh, her learnings, is just to be a bit more specific uh, to those support crew and make sure that that it's really clear so then it makes their job easier and they're less stressed about it as well, um, which is important. Um, We talked a bit about training, etc. as well. What's, like from your perspective, what should athletes be doing now, six months out from the race?
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you probably touched on it all, Rich, and it's probably just, probably from my perspective it's coming from someone who, you know, did race as well, and We are actually, I appreciate there's a lot of internationals who could be listening and they're actually in a good time of year to be training. But in New Zealand, we are probably fine. You are right in the um, most difficult time. And it's a really tough time when you've got this coast-to-coast dream that you sort of, you know, struck up in January when it was nice and warm and you've probably been Mm -hmm. out exercising. You'd like, I'd really like to do that. And for a lot of athletes right now, it's a really challenging time where it's cold, they might be carrying an injury and they're sort of thinking like, I don't know, you know, um my advice to people would probably be you know a bit of the old visualization and in three months time we're going to be back to daylight savings you're going to be out running in the evening after work it's going to be, or in the morning it's going to be stunning and then even thinking right through to you know when you actually get that kayak out and it's warm whether you're on on the lake or on the river and actually starting to visualize that stuff because it will come around pretty quick again so you know that these these painful sessions that you're having at the moment um you know, it'll it'll they'll all be worthwhile. So just a bit of visualisation about the good times you're having in summer. And I you know, Sophie, I mean, how good she like, I think she was spot on when she reflects on her experience and she talks about all the missions and stuff that she did up to the event. And that is that, especially the first one, if you ever do the first event, that is what is so cool about it is, you know, heading out with your mates or people you've just met and going on an adventure and whether it's, you know, running in the local mountains or packing up for the weekend to go, go somewhere new and have a a trail run or a, um, a kayak on a river etc it's um that, that that's really special so a little bit of visualization would be my advice and um as i say all the time the more times you can get in the kayak whether it's flat water or what, um what will make your experience a, a lot more uh, satisfying and yeah create less work for my crew <laughs>
1: yeah, that's what it's all about is um how those weightless tracking they were um last time we spoke on the podcast it was a big uh, topic that we, we we spoke about like uh and and uh the event was oversubscribed, and um our coach aaron hooper was currently dead last on the two-day waitlist at 1020. um i just had a quick look last night and he's currently at 749 so he's jumped 271 people Forward, which is quite significant, actually. Uh, how do you how do you sort of see that going based on past numbers and sort of drop off? Because there's always injuries and people, other stuff happens. um Where are we at with that, and and what's the expectation in terms of numbers that might actually make it through to the start line?
0: Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to be able to give you an exact, <laughs> but it's really crystal yeah. ball stuff, you know. And yeah. every year, like every year, we sit there, and we crunch numbers, and go. You know like we're sitting there going oh well over have subscribed and then we sort of get to december and we're like we're actually chewing through these you know like we're down mm. to so and so so i mean it is it's crystal ball stuff but um we have we have tuned through quite a few in the last two months um yeah. so there's been a fair bit of change there where, where we're at at the moment is like as i always tell people we do hold spots for elites etc so they have been offered out so those ones are covered so we actually know yeah. where we are in terms of our exact numbers so in the yep. next in the next month, what we'll do is another recrunch and say, okay, this is where we are, um, this is what we've got available, and go out with another lot. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, honestly, I mean, it, it is crystal ball stuff and it is shifting. But yeah, it, it, often this period here is we do get quite a few people contacting us because it is the conditions are difficult and they're like, I'm not going to get there. And uh, but yeah, outside of that. I can't give you a lot of feedback, really. I mean, <laughs> you know, numbers, and, and I'll make 740. I would, you know. If I was a betting yeah. man, I probably wouldn't put money on him getting
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the 740 is down the track. But it's one of those things. It's a bit like the uh, the Kepler challenge as well. Like you are like you could – the closer it gets, people like, – and this is such a big challenge that that actually I don't want to do it because I haven't trained for it. So I guess as long as you're willing to kind of keep training, keep chipping away, once we get to December and, and into January, you'll just whip through sort of thing because people yeah, no. haven't had the opportunity to actually do that training. So I guess yeah. it depends on how, how, mm. how close you're willing to go yeah
0: and that's that's a big one you know like there'll be where if the waitlist sitting at 700 at the moment there'd be 500 you know there'd be 300 people there that have already said to themselves mentally they're not doing the event they just haven't removed yeah. their name from the waitlist you know mm-hmm. so it yeah. does it does churn through pretty quickly so yeah yeah so that's that's sort of where we're at there
2: Poor old Aaron, like at 7.49, we, we nicknamed him 10.20 and 7.49 just doesn't have the same ring, Rich, does it? So I think <laughs> he'll always be 10.20 to us. I think, I think from so. Glenn, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> is there anything that, that the people can do for you now? Like can the competitors, the athletes, the pe- is there anything that that they can do for Kathmandu
0: Coast to Coast or do for you to help this journey along? Um, no, I just get out there and um, enjoy it. You know, the experience, like... Yeah, get out and get training and uh yeah i mean we you know like yeah we just we, we we get pretty excited about putting on the event i've always said it's a privilege you know to be able to put on this experience and listening to sophie sophie speak earlier you know it sort of makes you you know it's like cool you know i was, I was definitely involved in, in in that process of her getting there so get out there and yeah just get out and enjoy it and you know i mean you guys have you guys have said it all tonight you know you've got to work out what your expectation is of this adventure or this event and then um and start enjoying the process because it is about the process and you're all amongst it right now so really enjoy that because this is what it is you know sitting awake lying at night going should i be doing this you know like and and having those guilt trips about going away from the family and training etc that's all part of the journey and that's what makes it so special so enjoy it you know that's that's the process and and that's that's about what you can do for us um internationals probably they you know just that they need to really start thinking about um Thinking about the event from where they sit, it's definitely a a big challenge for anyone, but coming from overseas to do the event with all the logistics around are a huge challenge. So thinking about what kayak you're using, where you're going to get that. Um, We have options on our website, and you guys, um, Richard especially, is a great person to touch base with and options there. Um, How are you going to make that support crew? Are you bringing people from overseas? How are you going to make that work? Um, Again, Team CP do offer a package where they'll put on the whole support crew experience for you, and it'll take a lot of the stress out. Even if you have got family coming over, um, my advice would be let them enjoy the race and watch you race and have someone else take care of all the logistics. You'll have a, you know, a far better experience. But start thinking about those things from an international's perspective and please email us too and we will help out where we can to, um, to make, make the experience as easy as possible.
1: Mm, that's good advice it's just basically ask lots of questions and if you yeah. put it out there like that's what our job is and that's what your job is as well is just to help people um sort yeah. of ease it ease, ease the burden of it i guess and, and increase the learning curve so we can actually enjoy the whole process yeah mm, nice any last uh last um a piece of advice or things to share glenn
0: um no not really i mean i do one thing i do here regularly and it is we all know that to do the coast to coast is an expensive event. Um, but there is ways and means, you know, like I mean, obviously there's a large um, list of compulsory gear. That gear doesn't all need to be new. If you're getting a fleece that you're using for your kayaking when you're training, etc., it doesn't actually need to be a new fleece. You could go to the um the local op shop and pick up a fleece mm. that's gonna sit in the bottom of a dry bag from now until race day and potentially <laughs> never get used and just be rucked up, um, wrapped up in duct um, duct tape. Like, you know, there there is ways and means that you can actually, you know, like, you know, spare expense on the um on you know, in terms of the event, um you, you guys touched on um, doing other races. You know, we are really lucky in Canterbury. There's a kayak series on over winter. Get out there and get amongst those. You'll have you have a great time, and it's um it's a really I suppose it's a really cheap way to get support on the river and actually be able to go and experience some grade two um, paddling. So get out and have a go at those. And yeah, and um, again, we just look forward to um, seeing you in February, and yeah, start planning now really, and um yeah, enjoy the process. Hey, you, you mentioned about the elite entries are out
2: and the things. Who, who's on the elite list, mate? Who's, who's on that oh, list? Who's at the top? What's going on?
0: Yeah, no, I'm a bit excited, Angus. Um, so we, um, Sam Manson, if anyone follows him, he was our winner from last year. So he's been over in Europe racing. And uh, so he, um, I think he finished up third in the major event over there, which is very similar to their version of the Coast to Coast, I suppose. And the winner of that's actually coming out to New Zealand to race, yeah. so I'm I'm pretty pumped on that. Um, Alex Hunt's back and Robbie Hunt, brothers from Australia. So yeah. Robbie Robbie had his first taste of it last year, and Alex is obviously a seasoned competitor. So they're um, they're both uh, pretty excited to get back. So um, and so that they'll be they'll be very competitive. They're only coming over here for one reason now. You know they you know they're not coming back to complete the event. They're coming back to try to win it. Um, the females again, I, like. Basically, the you know, like the females, you know, you, you've got your Simones and Alinas, which are, you know, like she, they, those are the superheroes of the sport. But there's about five um, young females in here that are chasing them really, really hard, and uh, um, and they they're all signed up again and they'll be super competitive. So, um, you got but, Rebecca you know, Kingsford's name on that list, have you? Rebecca Kingsford, Hannah Lund, you know, oh. all these girls that they've had a bit of taste, they understand the event, and they're um, they're probably you know, they're, they're sort of. You know, now they're they're there to um you know give it a crack. You know yeah. that you know they're there only for probably one reason as well. So the elites going to be um the elites is going to be pretty exciting next year. And another thing that I'm a little bit excited about is uh there's a fairly elite um Australian team trying to get jacked up to come and race the uh, one day three person teams. And there's a few big names in there that are. Uh, Coming up, so and we've got a New Zealand team that's looking pretty tidy as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing a bit of a Bledisloe Cup oh, match yeah. in that and cool, a real good dog. So, um, yeah, that'll be cool. Is
2: that, is that top secret still who they are? Or, yeah, we'll keep that or... on the down
0: layer, Angus. Oh. But, uh, yeah, we're well, maybe the next podcast we might better announce a few names to get people excited. But, yeah, sure. so, yeah, so, um, yeah, looking for, um, looking forward to it. It'll be exciting, excited already. Excellent. Excellent. Well, mate, thanks for joining us. Thanks for sharing
2: what's going on in the background because I think there's a lot of people out there probably don't realise how big a job this is to put this event on, right? Like it's a humongous year-round job to get to get to create the event that everybody gets to enjoy. So, thank you very much for everything that you and your team are doing to get it together in the background. Uh, thanks for having us again, of course,
0: this season, and uh, we look forward to catching up again in the future.
2: Now, thanks very much, guys.
0: Good, to, um, good to chat, and yeah. Um, good luck to everyone with their trading over winter and uh or, or summer if you're the northern Emmy. And yep, looking forward to February already. Good, good job. Well
1: done, Glenn. Good good That's Thanks Glenn. Cheers Land. Yep. Ooh, a bit so fizzy
2: that. there. He's a bit of excitement <laughs> there on the start list already. He's <laughs> it is. It he's is pretty good.
0: excited.
1: Yeah. I hope he's hope he's pacing himself. Hope he's not going too hard too early.
2: oh mate oh well look hey i was just thinking about that the 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 uh, winter doldrums and things and how do you get fizzed up and and actually mark butler commented right at the start of the start of this episode saying he's fizzing already and and he's still on the wait list so if you need fizzing up maybe give us a listen go back through our past podcasts and uh and use that as a bit of motivation to to get fizzed up about the event and get some visualization going on Absolutely,
1: and and uh, sing out if you need a help. If there's any questions that we can answer as we go, that's part of our job on this podcast as well. So so keep us posted along those. But uh, hey, Angus uh, from our podcast, any key takeaways for you?
2: Uh, I I think you know, like training should be should be starting now, but within within proportion of what's going on, and and I wouldn't be beating yourself up. Uh, if you're not getting as much done as as maybe what you mm. thought you should, it, like you know, like you just said, it, it's it's cold, it's winter, and our and our where we are in our country. You may be listening from another country, but where we are now, it is hard. Um So just get yourself through, like Glenn said, do some visualizing and 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 get some quality sessions, and it doesn't have to be quantity or huge volume. Just just get some quality in.
1: Yep. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I totally agree. Like, actually, be kind to yourself. Don't beat yourself up too much, just as Sophie said. And uh, and just see if you can get some runs on the board, short and sharp, and have a smile on your face while you're, while you're doing it, and, and enjoy the process of it, and and keep it social. And then you're going to enjoy it more as well.
2: Yeah, actually, I think the social thing is really good. And so if you haven't got a training partner or partners, look around. Get on the mm-hmm. – um, there's some really good Facebook, um, Catman do Coast to Coast Facebook uh, communities out there, the CP communities, there find some like minded people and just, uh, yeah, all embrace it and enjoy it together, and you'll get through it away, way faster and quicker and happier. Yeah,
1: good, yeah, good. So, out if you want to know. Maybe at
2: home, actually, now you should be storing up some brownie points for, for when you are going to use them. Uh, you know, get those lawns mowed, do the dishes, get all those brownie points uh, stocked up, ready to use later on.
1: It's such a balancing act, that one, Angus. Like, you don't want to um, raise expectations too high either. That's uh, um, back when you we weren't training so much sort of thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah, yes, definitely. But also balance that. Uh, look after yourself there. So, um, yeah, sing out if you want to know more about that training plan. Plus, thing that I talked about earlier in the show, 20 people. Uh, 20 weeks let's get to the coast to coast together and also if you want to know more about support crew we've only got a couple of spots left for the two day and the longest day so get in touch with us if you uh, want some help in that space as well but enjoy your training thanks for joining us and uh, and yeah get out there and make the most of it
2: we'll be back we'll see you back for episode three uh, very shortly thanks yep. Richard well
1: cheers Angus it's
2: the best Kiwi event in New Zealand this
0: crossing New Zealand in one or two days
3: why do I do it? because I love it